0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the
1: sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Third and one, multiple tight ends, Connor sledgehammering in the touchdown Connor in the big return to the state of Pennsylvania where he was growing up and the school and city he played for in college and in the NFL respectively a nine
0: yard touchdown run instead of being a tackle for loss turns out to be a nine ten yard gain because of Kenneth Walker's ability Walker picked up 10 yards at a Seattle first down, and now with three tight ends on the field, it's Walker into the end zone, touchdown, Kenneth Walker.
1: All right, third and six, and need the 30-yard line, Jones up hit by Granderson, intercepted on the ricochet,
0: that's Matthew for six, it's a pick six, 26-yard return.
1: Following up on Bill O'Brien for a moment, yesterday he talked about the inconsistency, the offense, shouldered some of the blame for that. I'm wondering from your perspective for the team this year with the performance in general, is that more on the coaches? Is it on the
0: players, a bit of both?
1: Yeah, right now we're just really looking to put our, I guess, best game out there against the Jets and look back the season after the season.
0: Have you had any conversation with Robert Kraft this week about your future with the team?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to working, getting ready for the Jets here.
0: And the Sun Devils have their biggest lead at a Collins for three. Frankie Collins again. He's got 19. Great ball screen. They do the overload on that side. And Collins says, why not? You're going to slack off. This is my home gym. I'll let it rip.
1: Arizona was the one seed that year. Larson up top, drills a three. He is an elite shooter. And. Coming into tonight, he didn't have enough attempts to qualify in the conference standings, but based on what we've seen so far in this game, he's going to qualify. He will lead the Pac-12 at 55% from three on the season. You've got man coverage.
0: They alert it. Get people crossing. Going to be a keep. It's going to be all the way to the end zone for Josh Allen. Spencer Brown, the right tackle. Just blew open a hole. Lost it. Tyreek Hill on kill. You're not going to catch him, are you? No. Nope. Touchdown. Explosive Miami play for 78 and a score. And Harrison Smith, nose it down to the edge. Jerry he Collins Protected as well, firing in the middle of the field. And
1: anytime you get down here, you have to be alert for Justin Fields' yes. legs. They can be lethal in the red zone. Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs. Dances outside.
0: Justin Fields! <laughs> Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM am 1060 And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM1060. Welcome to the Friday, January 5th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Castleux HD2 100.7, Cardinal Seahawks, who wins on Sunday in Glendale? The Patriots, should Sunday be Bill Belichick's final game? ASU Utah and U of A Colorado, what stood out last night? NFL week number 18, predict any game on this week's schedule against the spread. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments with the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15 or so around the NFL with Nate Davis of USA Today. 10:30 interactive action at 602, 260, 1016, and also the local roundup. Time pending that will include some ASU, Utah, and U of A, Colorado analysis from last night. Meanwhile, final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup, topped by a CFP uh, uh, championship game line updates. In fact, there's been a you know, change in the side as far as the 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 uh, the, the, you know, the spread, and also the total has gone up further, which is good for me. Hopefully, <laughs> at least uh, that's uh, that's my plan, at least for now. Uh, Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. And today, the final regular season edition of the Friday Spread, brought to you by uh, Von Hansen's Beats and Spirits. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. And today's question is, who wins Sunday in Glendale, the Cardinals or Seahawks? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. That I am. And if we go to kdus1060.com, who wins out in front? We have the Seahawks, 80% of the vote, Cardinals 20%. Wow. I'm a little surprised at that. Okay. the uh, Another Cardinals victory would, by the way, further lessen their chances of getting a difference-making player with their first draft pick, whenever that might be. And also a few teams in the NFL since December the 1st have played worse than Seattle. So there's kind of a background for kind of some bullet points for that game. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, should Sunday be the end of the Bill Belichick in the uh, Patriots era? And, uh, Kayla, what do we have here? Uh, yes, leading the way at 58.8% of the vote, no trailing at 41.2%. This is over on X at KDOS AM 1060. And perhaps fittingly, there could be some horrendous weather in New England on Sunday for this uh, Belichick possible finale. The Patriots entered the season finale 4-12. and 12. They're currently positioned to draft 3rd in April. All right, on the local front, the Pac-12 currently has just three teams in the uh, Ken Palm Top 45, and all three of those teams, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah, played games or playing games this week in the state of Arizona. Unfortunately, Colorado, way shorthanded. More in that in a moment. Last night, ASU moved to a surprising 3-0 and in conference play after dominated the second half in the 82-70 to win over Utah. How surprised are you that ASU is 3-0 and to begin the Pac-12 schedule? The U of A, not surprisingly, dev- dominated what turned out to be an extremely shorthanded Colorado team. Uh, they dominated that game, the U of A, from start to finish. The U of A stopped the bleeding last night with the win over Colorado. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the NFL regular season thankfully ends on Sunday. Unfortunately, the Cardinals are not the only unwatchable team in the NFL, in large part because quarterback play for at least half the teams in the league has been below average for the majority of the season. Predict any game, ATS from Week 18 in the NFL. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got to these tremendous topics and much more in some shape or form during today's Sensational Radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically... Uh, tw- you know, x you know i gotta get this just this twitter x thing i gotta get I'll, i'm gonna work on that over the weekend i'm gonna like uh you know say it and you know stand in the corner or write in a, a blackboard if i had one and i'll figure that out at some point in 2024 i guarantee you i'll figure that out at some point they'll probably change it again after i figure it out anyway basically the only rules are accuracy and objectivity if you uh, violate those rules but i think i just did that uh, or if you're just simply bad, and I might have been that too, uh, you will be the target of this. Oh! 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 Coming up next, Corey will have a news update that will be followed by around the NFL with Nate Davis from USA Today. Uh, we'll go. Sir, we'll start with the Bills and the Dolphins game. Obviously, the uh, highlight of the uh, Week 18 schedule, at least going in, that would seem to be the highlight game or the spotlight game. NBC and the NFL certainly thought it was. That's the final game of the regular season, and that game was flexed into Sunday night. Once again, the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060, and also time pending. Some local roundup Top by U of Colorado, and uh, ASU and Utah analysis from Thursday night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDU m 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2100.7. Social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The NFL regular season ends Sunday with the, uh, the primetime Bills and Dolphins game for Miami. Out to the KUS hotline we go. And to go around the NFL, we're now joined in the sports on by Nate Davis of USA Today. And Nate, let's start with the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, what are your primary pregame bullet points in that matchup? Well, you know, Bills, I believe, have won uh... I think they're going for five in a row here.
1: Uh, only lost once since, uh, Ken Dorsey was removed as offensive coordinator, um, scoring a lot of points, Josh Allen, not doing a lot through the air, but kind of doing a lot of damage on the ground. And then, you know, they're, they're catching the Miami team. That's, you know, banged up Jalen Waldo, Raheem Mostert, you know, Bradley Chubb out for the year, saving Howard injured, um, You know, everything everything looks like it's breaking the Bills' Uh, way. Of course, that's usually when things go sideways in week 18. But um, everything you watch tells me to roll with Buffalo here.
0: You mentioned the Dorsey uh, change from offensive coordinator to, to Joe Brady. How has the Bills' offense specifically changed after the coordinator move?
1: Well, I mean, it's been notable that Stephon Diggs' production has gone down, whether whether by design. Uh, you know, I think he's playing about 60% of the snaps since, since that change. Um, but, I mean, the the converse of that is that I think just that they've relied more heavily on, on James Cook and, and a bit of a more balanced offense. And, I mean, people have kind of been saying for a while that, you know, they were too reliant on, on Josh Allen. And uh, he's had some great games the last couple of weeks. He's also had some, you know, games, I think, with, with fewer than 100 yards passing that they've still won. Uh, pre- pretty handily so um, of course everyone saw what they did to Dallas a few weeks ago so I, I think the main thing is just that they kind of dispersed the load um, a, a little bit more uh, both both in terms of run pass and, then, and maybe uh, not being so reliant obviously on the fun the run game have been the biggest fundamental changes in my eyes.
0: The Dolphins they've allowed 35 points per game against opponents that are above 500 yeah, you know, obviously a lot of that was when they were you know not as short-handed as they might be this Sunday. Uh, is that personnel? Uh, those personnel issues, or just two awful games that they had on the road against Buffalo and Baltimore?
1: Ah, uh, well, I mean the the Buffalo game, you know, back in Week Four, well, I think they didn't have Jalen Ramsey in that game, but but they had most of the rest of their defense. I mean, last last week was, you know, to me, I think kind of epitomized the concerns that people have been having. Of with the Dolphins all along that they're, 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 you know, good at beating up uh, the uh, division two teams, but not, not so good against the uh, division one teams. And, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they didn't show up for a game that would have, would have allowed them uh, to, to be playing for the number one seed this week. So, you know, now, and now they're looking at the prospect of, of going on the road in the playoffs when it looks like the AFC East, was, was, you know, kind of wrapped up a few weeks ago. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously, they they're they can be a very uh, explosive team, but uh, you know, I think I think the one that really hurts too is that that loss against uh, Tennessee on Monday night a few weeks ago when they, when they yeah. coughed up the, the lead at the at the very end there with three minutes to go or whatever. I think they were up by two touchdowns, but um, they they just haven't shown an ability to, to, to close certain games and then really to close out this regular season with any kind of a uh, of momentum. And, and I think you know we're kind of heading into into an off season where you know, two has been a Pro Bowl quarterback, but you know, is he a guy you're going to want to pay fifty five million dollars to? I, I I don't know. Um, so I think you know, depending on how things go here, I think a lot of those old questions are going to be coming back um, to Miami.
0: Okay. So with all that being said, what is a blueprint for a Miami victory on Sunday night?
1: Well, I I think it largely depends on kind of what what kind of a deck they're 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 playing with i mean can can you can you get devon HN going uh you know i mean he's obviously been great this season uh kind of in the the number two limited touch role can you rely on him if Raheem Mostert can't go uh and, and does that then open up things downfield for tyreek hill and you know he's been a little quieter the last couple of weeks dealing with the, the ankle that he suffered that that, that tennessee game you know we, we discussed i'm not sure he scored since 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 then but you know, I, I think it's with any team. You know, if, if if you get an early lead and make your opponent one-dimensional, um, that helps. You know, I don't know if the Bills are, are helped or hurt by by playing this game in Miami in, in January. I mean, is, is it you know not, not nice to have the weather or are they they got not going to be ready for? giving given, given where, where where they're coming from, um, I, I think probably this is this is also a break for them too, as opposed to playing in Miami in September or October. Uh, but I, I think the Dolphins have to have to get out in front early. Uh, you know they, they hung with the Ravens for for a little bit last week, and, and then they completely got away from them. Um, you know I don't know that these are the same Bills that are that are going to put up three touchdowns. You know in the span of a quarter on you know, like like we've seen before. But you know we'll we'll see. I, I just you know I, I'm really curious how Vic Fangio is going to hold this defense together uh, without his top two pass rushers uh, and, and you know the, the secondary banged up too.
0: The other game I'm actually most interested in watching this week is the Saturday night game with uh, the Texans and the Colts. Uh, these are two teams that were expected to be, a, I think it's safe to say, well below average before the season started. Which of those two teams, Texans or Colts, has surprised you the most?
1: Uh, I mean, they, they, they've both been huge surprises. I mean, remember, remember last year we we're, were talking about their Week 18 game and whether or not the Texans would get the number one pick uh out of that. Um so I mean, you know, I think I think most people, I mean certainly speaking for myself, I mean I thought these would kind of be two teams that we, we, we view in the bottom five kind of league wide this year. Uh I I guess I, I'm a little more surprised by the Colts just given that you know Jonathan Taylor has, has missed so much of this, this season this season kinda of by choice uh or, or by injury and, and then you don't have your, your number one draft pick quarterback. Uh, basically, for most of it, and, and you're relying on relying on Gardner Minshew. I mean, I think I think Shane Steichen's getting a little overlooked um, in, in the, the coach of the year talk here. Both given that he could get this team from from nowhere into the playoffs, uh, but you also kind of look at the impact that his absence has had um, on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you're you're talking about a heck of a I think of a head coach here, and, and really curious to see what they're going to be able to do when they've got everybody on board next year. But uh, you know, Houston too. I mean, and I think this a lot of people boils down to D'Amico Ryans and T.J. Stroud but uh, I, I mean th- this team largely has a lot of the same personnel did last year I mean Stroud and uh, you know, Will Anderson obviously are huge exceptions but you know I don't think anybody was scared of this receiving core four months ago and now now look what they're doing on this offense with Bobby at calling the shot so uh, and just the other thing too Bob is I think I think a lot of people kind of view this, this division as, as kind of being one that the Jacksonville Jaguars might have the stranglehold on for the next Three, four or five years was with Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, and, and the way that those guys finished off last season, um, all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't think anybody would, would assume anything about, about where the, the power balance is going in the AFC
0: South. So who wins on uh Saturday night, the Texans or the Colts? I, yeah, I, I think it's kind of a coin flip. Uh,
1: I, I, I'm taking Houston just, just based on, on having CJ Stroud back healthy. Uh, you know, they're, they're a little banged up. Too. um i'm you know, i think the colts to me look like a team that's maybe running out of gas uh, a little bit had, had trouble with the, the raiders at home last week and, and got their doors blown off by atlanta uh the, the week prior uh I mean, they, they do have the advantage of being home and historically they're they're very very good at home um uh, against houston but you know they've never had cj stroud come into that building before as a member of the texans so i i i think you know my, my, my pick is Houston, but, but I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it goes either way. I mean, Houston defense has, has been certainly suspected times throughout the year as well.
0: Nate Davis of USA Today, currently in the sports um, Should Sunday be Bill Belichick's final game with the Patriots?
1: Should it be? Uh huh. You know, that that's a question that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are going to have to figure out. Uh, I, I mean, as, as with of most people. I mean, I've been saying for years, you know, what Bill Belichick didn't be getting too much credit for um, at least uh, uh, being a personnel manager. I mean, you you look back at a lot of their drafts, particularly in the second round, uh, particularly as it pertains to wide receivers uh, and and some other positions, uh, and just just some some first-round picks. You know, you think of Cole Strange a couple years ago, the the guard being their first-round pick. Um, You know, there's been a lot of questionable decisions there. Uh, Free agency um, money as well, but you know, by the same token, you look at how well this defense has performed this year, uh, really with, you know, not a whole lot of named guys on there. Matt, Matt Junon hurt. Christian Gonzalez hurt. He's uh, been on the field a lot, uh, given how an F the offense has been. But, you know, you, you say these things, and I mean, yeah, Bill Bell has done a fantastic job on defense. He's still got it there. But he, he's, you know, he, he's the face of this franchise. And it, everything that's good or bad kind of comes back to him. Uh, And I think it's kind of hard to escape the fact that they've basically been, you know, they they have been a sub-500 team since Tom Brady left. And uh, Robert Kraft, you know, his expectations aren't being met. You know, he said before the season that he expected to be back in the playoffs. Uh, And obviously, you know, you're talking about a team that says it's going to be drafting, you know, in the top five and and probably looking to need uh, another quarterback. So I don't know which way they're going to go. I I do kind of think that if if you want Bill Belichick to stay, you you have to, or, or if Bill Belichick wants to stay, that he's got to have to maybe have to concede control of some of the personnel things uh, and and give up some power there. And I don't know if if he's ready to do that or not. Um, And I think, you know, plus the fact that I think a lot of other organizations uh, would would take him and and give him the keys to the kingdom. Um, And if you're the Patriots, you might be able to get some some draft compensation uh, for that since he's still under contract. It's going to be an interesting calculus for Robert Kraft, but I mean, it's going to come down to, to what his decision is. I think, And maybe Bill Belichick to an extent, but but I don't think anybody really knows, you know, what what the actual, you know, answer is until, you know, we hear from them next week.
0: Let's look ahead a little bit to the playoffs here. Let's start with the Chiefs' offense. Will that offense be fixed at some point in January? Will it be fixed? I I mean,
1: I think you've got the advantage of knowing Patrick Mahomes is is a bona fide playoff quarterback. Um, and certainly is, i think the most most proven guy of the, of the 14 whatever 14 they are uh you know that, that are going to advance uh, i don't think it's necessarily going to turn into the chief's offense that we've, we've been accustomed to the last couple of years uh you know it, it is pretty crazy how you know that travis, travis Kelsey has kind of disappeared uh, the last few weeks and the other guys just haven't been able to, to pick up uh, the slack, But you know, I, I do think that the, the key maybe is to get Isaiah Pacheco going again, and I think this offense really kind of works best uh, when, when you're able to run it through him to a degree uh, and, and, and help us up some things down downfield for some of these other guys, like like Rasheed Rice. Uh, so, and you know, the, the other side of this thing, Bob, too, is that this defense has never been better in the Patrick Mahomes um, era. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're looking at more 23-20 kind of games with them, whether, whether it's win or lose. And obviously there's a lot of interest on how, Patrick Mahomes might might perform, uh, and and this team in general going on the road for the first time since he became the quarterback in the playoffs. Uh, But certainly, I I think you you count them out at at your peril.
0: Do you believe in the Joe Flacco led Cleveland Browns?
1: Well, I love the story, Uh, you know, and I've 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 gotten to talk to Joe a couple times over the years, and he, he is kind of a guy that you kind of naturally want to root for. Uh, in, in some ways, uh, and it's, it's amazing what he's done. I mean, he's playing as well as he has pr- probably in, in uh, eight or nine years. I mean, I think maybe 2014 was the last really good run he had with, with the Ravens. Uh, it, it's hard not to root for them, and, and again, this is a team that's going to take a defense on the road, uh, and I don't think that any game is going to get away from them from a point standpoint. Um, you know, Joe Flacco is throwing the heck out of the ball, and if Amari Cooper is healthy, and you know, he turned David Njoku into such a fantastic downfield weapon, uh, but there is still that interception issue. You know, uh, he he has, you know, he, he is fearless for a reason. And, and a couple of those fearless decisions he, he's made in the last month that have, have resulted in turnovers. Uh, but but more than not, they they've resulted in big plays. Um, I I certainly think I'm probably going to pick the Browns against whichever AFC South team they end up drawing in, in the wild card round. Uh, beyond that, you know, I would give them a puncher's chance against the team might like, like Baltimore that they they have beaten one time this year. Uh, if memory serves, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think there's any super team out there. I mean, I think everyone is probably kind of thinking it's going to be a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl right right now, but any time we think that going to the playoffs, that, that's when things tend to change or you get a big upset, and I think Cleveland is right there among the teams um, that, that could serve that kind of upset to, to just about anyone.
0: Okay, so speaking of the Ravens and Forty ers they both clinched top seeds last Sunday. Which of those team, those two teams, is most likely not to reach the Super Bowl? Uh,
1: I would, I, I, I think I worry about the Ravens more so in that you know that they have not, they, they've got to prove to me, and specifically Lamar Jackson, and I mean not to take anything away from the season he's had, he's been, you know. Fantastic, and I think in a way that, that, that's that's more impressive with the way he kind of changed his game. I mean, the numbers aren't going to add up to his 2019 MVP year, but uh, I mean, this is a different kind of offense he's in this year. Uh, certainly, played, played his best two games, I would say. You know, against the 49ers and the, and against the Dolphins with the number one seed on the line. So credit to him. Uh, but but history also says I think Lamar Jackson has won one playoff game if memory serves. I think it was against the uh, that- Tennessee a couple of years ago. Uh, so he he got to show yeah. that he can do it on, on the big stage, and I mean, I also I, I, I get a little concerned. You know, I, I'd love to ask him about this, but I mean, it, it, it always kind of get I give a little side eye when I see Lamar Jackson bundled up, uh, you know, with, with a hoodie and all this other stuff for a game in Jacksonville, you know, on a Monday night. Uh, so, you know, he, he is a Florida guy, you know. How's that going to go? You know, Baltimore uh, in January when it certainly can get cold. You know, I was I was there for the game a couple of years ago when they were the number one seed and, and the Titans. Uh, just just took it to them. Uh, again, I mean, on, on paper it looks like this, this should be the team, and, and they're playing great right now. Uh, but you, you do wonder. And Jim, you know, excuse me, John Harbaugh I talked about this a couple of years ago. I mean, they, they kind of lost that momentum in 2019 from the regular season going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, he said then he would do things differently this time around. I mean, we'll see if he's got the formula for that. But um, and, and again, we're, we're nitpicking here. I think they're they're certainly going to be the prohibitive favorite, but. I, I've got more concerns about them than I do the 49ers.
0: Going around the NFL with Nate Davis from USA today, what's the biggest reason that the Eagles seem to be a broken team?
1: Well, I think everyone wants to talk about body language and Jalen Hurts, you know, making comments after the games and certainly you know all the controversy surrounding a j Brown. but I mean to eat the defense, I mean I mean this defense looks looks broken at this point they, they they've changed. obviously they are play callers they they give up the big play. Um, in, in, in Seattle, at the end, to, to lose that game, which uh, you know was one they really needed, and if, if they hadn't coughed up that game, that they'd, they'd be playing for for a win and in division title scenario um, this weekend. But uh, I mean, they, they've given up you know 42 points, 33 points, 35 points. I mean, I mean, it's it's been ugly on that side of the ball, uh, and to me, that, that that's the big reason that, that they look like a team that's that's probably either one and done in the playoffs, or maybe maybe, maybe they they you know, beat an NFC South team and and get to the divisional round. But um, I don't think there's any reason to attach a whole lot of expectations to the Eagles for making another uh, another Super Bowl run this year.
0: Okay. Last up, if the Rams and the Lions play in the playoffs, uh, which team would you favor Matthew Stafford's current team or his former team? I, I think I would roll with Matthew
1: Stafford. Uh, I, I just I, I think the Lions are certainly aware of the history. They say they, they don't want to be and then they, they're, they're excited about kind of getting rid of this 30 year hex on, on the division. But I think there's going to be a little bit of pressure playing that first playoff game uh, in Ford Field and the expectations uh, for you know a team the, the, this team hasn't done that. They haven't They haven't been in this in this forum. I mean Jared Goff certainly has playoff experience. He's kind of been up and down a little bit these last couple of weeks. Uh, and I think the Rams come in hot. They come in hot. They come in pretty healthy, um, and, and uh, you know you you, you want to say they're battle tested, given their two years uh, removed from the Super Bowl victory. Uh, a lot of those players are gone, but you still got Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and some others. Uh, and I think they're kind of playing with 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 nothing to lose. Um, so I, I think I think I would go with the Rams. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I think I think relative experience. Uh, and I, I think this is the kind of game too that Matthew Stafford. Uh, just going to be a little extra pep uh, in his step and i think i think he'd, he'd love yeah. to go in there and perform-a-thon.
0: no doubt all right nate good stuff as always we appreciate it And i'm sure we'll be checking back at some point in the postseason here thanks okay bob happy new year thank you too thank you nate davis from usa today all right next segment phone call time general discussion 602 260 1060 also time pending we'll get to some local roundup including some uh, ASU and uh, Utah and uh, U of A Colorado basketball from last night. Uh, both the Arizona teams win those games. Uh, the U of A got a nice break, I think, because you know, I only think it's arguable that two of uh, Utah's three best players and 30 points per game were sidelined because of legitimate injuries. Uh, it looked like that those guys were going to return. At least they said that last weekend during the Pac-12 network broadcast that they would be back, but they weren't. And apparently, they're not going to play on Saturday night against ASU either. Uh, so, good breaks for the uh, ASU and uh, U of a and basketball teams not playing the full strength Utah, uh, excuse me, full strength Colorado team this week. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude.
1: Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male, chicken.
0: Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. It's time for today's local roundup. Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS hotline at 602-260-1060. First up, let's get to uh, some uh, local roundup action here. And Bobby Hurley's ASU basketball team is uh, you know they're now three and zero. In Pac-12 conference play last night, the Sun Devils six and a half point underdogs at tip. They beat Utah for a fourth consecutive time in Tempe. The ASU scored 41 points in each half. They won 82 to 70 in that game. Uh, ASU led just 55-53 before they went on a 14 to four run to take control, and at that point they led 69 to 57. Jose Perez led the way with a season high 26 points. Also, statistically speaking, ASU, often a, a poor three-point shooting team, uh, made 12 out of 28 from behind the arc. In the, uh, the ASU transition game, which is often good, uh, they turned 14 Utah turnovers into 15 points last night. X-Factor, the ASU defense, the strength of its team, they held uh, all Pac-12 level big man Brandon Carlson to 19 points. 19 points is not bad, but he... Was seven out of fifteen from the field. I'm not exactly sure why he's launching three pointers at a rapid rate. He uh, tried six of those and only made two of them. I wonder if he was a little frustrated. With uh, you know, quite frankly, Utah's passing wasn't good. I mentioned the turnover numbers and how ASU converted those into points. Uh, so I wonder if there was some frustration there and he just kind of went out and got the ball instead of uh. You know, trusting, and there were, I don't think there was much of a reason to trust his you know, guards to get him the ball in the low post a couple of times, but they did a good job defensively against uh, what I think uh, Carlson, I don't think there's any doubt he's one of the uh, top five players in the Pac-12 Conference. Meanwhile, also personnel news, Frankie Collins, who was actually questionable to play at all because of the flu, ended up playing 35 minutes, finished with 19 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and three steals. He's definitely an all Pac-12 player so far this season, too. Also remember, first time I've had a chance to say this in 2024, the Pac-12 inexplicably has 10 players on the first team of this all-conference team. And I'm pretty sure still, at least as of last night, uh, you only play five guys at a time uh, during a Pac-12 basketball game. Uh, maybe they'll change the you know maybe when Washington State and in uh, and Oregon State are the only two teams left in the conference they'll change that rule next year when it's the Pac two. Uh, meanwhile, ASU likely will play a very shorthanded Colorado team. Uh, you know they will play a shorthanded uh, what I think is going to be a, li- a likely shorthanded Colorado team on Saturday at six o'clock. More on the shorthanded Colorado team in a moment. Speaking of uh, Colorado, the U of A. Routed the shorthanded Buffs last night. The Wildcats playing their first home game since December the 9th. uh, They moved up to 12.5-point favorites after two key Colorado starters were officially declared out because of injuries. That has now sidelined them for several games. Never a contest, really. Uh, The U of A went on a 13-0 run to take a 23-6 lead last night in Tucson and McHale. They led 30, uh, 50 to 23 at halftime. The UVA has now scored 50 or more points in the first half four times this season. Also, statistically speaking, the UVA shot 56% from the field, including a really ridiculous 55% from behind the arc. 11 out of 20. Tommy Lloyd's team plus 21 in rebound margin in that game last night. Uh, in individually, kind of an X factor is uh, you know UVA guard Kylan Boswell. He made four three-point field goals in the first half. In his previous five games, Boswell was 6-for-27 from behind the arc, so he was on last night, though. Personnel-wise, here's the shorthanded part for uh, CU. 30 points per game, uh, missing. Tristan DeSalva with an ankle injury, and Cody Williams, who some people think is a top-10 NBA draft pick whenever he comes out, uh, he missed the game with a wrist injury. Uh, De Silva is averaging 15.7 points and 5.4 rebounds per game, while Williams is averaging 14 points per game. And it appears that neither of those guys are going to play tomorrow night against ASU. Bottom line, the Wildcats were really not challenged, uh, by, I think the only team in the Pac-12 that at least went healthy uh, can rival the U of A in talent. Uh, Colorado also, since joining the Pac-12, has won zero games. In Tucson, I think they joined the Pac-12, it was like 2011 or 12 or whatever it was. They've not won any games in McHale Center since they've joined the conference. Meanwhile, up next for the U of A, they host Utah tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Also in today's local roundup, the Suns are just 500 at home this season. They continued their six-game homestand tonight against Miami, Miami 20-14, Fourth in the Eastern Conference, the Suns now 18 and 16. Ninth in the Western Conference, uh, statistically speaking, the Suns once again 10 and 10 at home. The Heat are 11 on 11 and 8 on the road. Uh, the Suns average 11.8 made three pointers per game. That's 1.4 fewer per game than their opponents. Uh, so that's uh, not they've, they've definitely been outscored from behind the arc. Uh, meanwhile, the Heat averaged 12.9 three-pointers made per game, and that's actually, you know, 0.2 more than their opponents make from behind the arc. So I think be, uh, that's something to check out tonight. At least statistically speaking, based on the season so far, uh, the Suns have had a disadvantage in points behind the arc. The Heat have had an advantage, small advantage, but they've had one. Last 10 games, the Suns 5-5. Five and five. Uh, their opponents have uh, you know, scored 116.2 points per game in those uh, five losses. Those five, excuse me, those ten games, uh, five of those losses, of course. The, the Heat, six and four in their last ten, and uh, they've actually outscored their opponents uh, by a couple of points in those games. Uh, you know, they In fact, they want, they're coming off a win at Los Angeles against the Lakers, and Jimmy Butler did not play. And Jimmy Butler is questionable to play tonight. Of course, Kevin Durant hasn't played the last couple of games for the Suns. And at least as of yesterday, I couldn't really find anything definite or whatever. But uh, it appears Durant is uh, seemingly like questionable for tonight's game. Also, individually for the Heat, UCLA rookie Jaime Jaquez. I loved that pick when they made it. He's scoring 13.8 points per game and uh, averaging 4 rebounds per game for Miami Uh, also uh, you know transition defense has been a real problem for the Suns this year that should not be a problem tonight because Miami is last in the Eastern Conference in scoring and fast break points per game just 11 per game so the transition defense which seems to be a problem every night for the Suns uh, should not be an issue tonight Uh, in addition to uh, Durant's questionable status Nasir Little uh, for the Suns, who's been out the last couple games with a knee problem. Uh, the heat, uh, as I mentioned, won at uh, LA on Wednesday night without Jimmy Butler. Also Hayward Highsmith, who is a good player for them at the playoffs last year. He's in concussion protocol, and Caleb Martin has been uh, recently sidelined with an ankle injury. Uh, bottom line, the suns to be any good at any point this season, regular season or postseason. They need to win more than half their home games, and right now they've won half their home games. All right, that's it for the uh, local roundup for today. Stay tuned after Corey's update. We'll wrap up today's Sports Zone with the national roundup. That'll be topped by a combination of uh, the latest line, including the college football playoff championship game on Monday night, some rip from the headlines, and who knows what else I'll jam into the next second. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night, starting at seven on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's sports show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Lux HD2 100.7. Uh, let's start the national roundup with the CFP championship game, which we will preview in Monday's show in the 10:15 15 segment. Uh, obviously, Washington and Michigan, there's been some, a lot of movement in this game, side and total in the last 24 hours. Uh, Michigan, way back when, like after Monday night's games, uh, they uh, opened a three-and-a-half point favorite. They are five at several locations in Nevada, including uh, Circa. In fact, they're up to five-and-a-half. Uh, so, and that's one of the high volume sports shops and sports books in Las Vegas. So up to five and a half there. The consensus is still like five, but there's plenty of uh, five, five, uh, a five and a half around at least a couple of places in Vegas now and many fives throughout the world. As far as the total, this is good for me. Hopefully it's good for me. That it keeps going up. Fifty-six and a half is now the prevailing consensus number in the worldwide look at the some point spreads and lines, etc. And uh, I was just hoping to get to fifty-six, and I'm thinking maybe it could could it go higher. I'm waiting to see how high it goes, and we're going to bang the under in this game. I already have a little bit because I thought it probably wouldn't go past fifty-six, uh, but that's okay. And I was prepared for that. It made like a half bet. And uh, just wait and see how high it goes and bet the other half. And hopefully it'll be a low-scoring, boring game on Monday night for my profit. That's what that's what we care about. All right, also tonight, the latest line, of the uh, Suns and Miami. Could be no Jimmy Butler, could be no Kevin Durant, but they're going to play the game anyway. Uh, the Suns a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight at home against Miami. All right, some uh, rip from the headlines and uh, – yeah, basically a combination of rip from the headlines and from the wire and whatever else I can throw together here. The Ravens signed Delvin Cook to their practice squad. Um, of course, he cleared waivers. Uh, he didn't, was not picked up by anybody, so he became a free agent. And does Dalvin Cook have any gas left in the tank? I think that's a legitimate question. Uh, the Jets' offensive line wasn't very good. So that might be the one reason that maybe Cook, who was only 28, uh, didn't look very good this year. Siddon didn't seem to have any burst. So we'll see if he makes a difference to the Ravens in the postseason. Meanwhile, the Texans' pass rush is going to be, and also wide receiver, both those positions, uh, they're going to be shorthanded on Saturday night against the Colts. Jonathan Greenard, who's been a really good player this year, uh, I don't follow the Pro Bowl thing too closely. I don't even know if he made the Pro Bowl. But he did have 12 and a half sacks, which was the most for the Texans. He's out, and Noah Brown, who uh, you yeah, stepped up and did a decent job after Tank Dell was lost for the season, uh, Noah Brown is also out of this game because uh, both those guys are injured. Meanwhile, college football: former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard uh, is verbally committed to transfer to Ohio State. Kansas led. Uh, Howard left Kansas State to the Big 12 Championship in 2022. Lots of experience there. Uh, Bottom line, I think, is uh, hopefully Howard can mentally uh, handle the criticism from the Ohio State fan base, uh, which apparently that played a big role in Kyle McCord transferring to Syracuse. Meanwhile, uh, Mississippi running back Quentin Junkins, who we talked about a lot during the season, uh, he entered the transfer portal, Um, He was the uh, second-leading rusher in the SEC this past year with 1,567 yards rushing. He also scored 16 touchdowns, and uh, he's uh, looking to leave. I wouldn't be concerned, quite frankly. Lane Kiffin has uh, been one of the masters of the transfer portal before it even became wildly popular the last year or two. So he'll find somebody to be a running back and – Usually Lane doesn't have much problem on offense. Sometimes their defense. In fact, most of the big games they played <laughs> uh, under Kiffin and uh, Oxford, even at home, uh, they've lost because of defense. All right, Texas uh, defensive lineman uh, Byron Murphy II, and also tailback Jonathan Brooks, uh, who was injured this past year and out for the season after an early December injury, you no, know, early November injury. Uh, They're both off to the NFL draft. Meanwhile, baseball, the Braves have signed left-hander Chris Sale, who they just acquired last week from the Red Sox. Two-year, $38 million contract extension. Uh, They renegotiated some of that deal. Uh, Chris Sale and uh, the Braves seems to be a good match, assuming Sale can stay healthy, but that's been a big problem for Sale for several years running now. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned, the extra point. Coming up next is the last Friday spread of the regular season. The Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We'll also have more phone call time, 602 260 1060. And our weekly prop bet update today will be with Kyle Sappi from Pro Football Network. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.